This is the Mouthing Off podcast from Bad Mouth Theater Company. I'm Amanda Forstrom. I'm Mari Sittner. And I'm Kevin Couchman. We're a theater company based in St. Paul, Minnesota. We love live performance, but we want to reach the widest possible audience. So for every project we do, we make digital content, which all goes into our podcast here. Mouthing Off features guest interviews and discussions with actors, playwrights, theater people, and our collaborators at Badmouth. We also use Mouthing Off to present theatrical readings of the work we're doing. So wherever you are in the world, you can enjoy Badmouth's work. Find us online at badmouthtc.com and on Twitter at badmouthtc. Enjoy the show. Mouthing off, Bad Mouth Theater Company. We've got a great reading of Sean Raycraft's One Good Marriage for you. I'm Kevin Couchman with Amanda Forstrom and Mari Sittner. Amanda, you brought this play to us. <laughs> and we have, an, we have an interview with Sean Raycraft, too, on this podcast. So uh, I would encourage you maybe to listen to the play first and then the interview. But uh, Amanda, what a, what a fun play to, to bring to the, uh, the company. It is. It's really fantastic. Sean is a an incredible playwright, screenwriter, writer, and um, I'm really excited for people to hear this show. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Mari, of course, is going to read stage directions for this. Mari, what's your impression of the play? This is a play that works perfectly for what we're doing here. You guys are really going to hear how well it works on mm. audio alone and, you know, doing the stage directions. It doesn't need much. It's right there in the script. It's right there in the dialogue. And that's what's so beautiful about this play. Yes. And the reading is going to feature the talents of Joey Hamburger and Iris Page. And fun fact, they are a married couple IRL. <laughs> so we get to have this, this play uh, read to you by a married couple about a married couple. And I think without further ado, here is Sean Raycraft's One Good Marriage. One Good Marriage by Sean Raycraft. A reading by Badmouth Theatre Company. Lights up on a meeting room, the kind you'd find in a church basement or town hall. Folding chairs are lined up along a wall. A speaker's podium sits abandoned in a corner. A plastic plant shows a valiant attempt to add nature to the proceedings. And on the wall, a banner supposedly reading Happy Anniversary droops down on one side so only versary can be read. Stewart and Steph sit center stage, Both are in their late 20s, both are dressed sharply as if going to a party, and both have a slightly dazed look about them, a look of people traumatized beyond repair. They stare out at the audience, unsure what to say. They want to speak and be frank and honest, but then again, they want to be liked. After a moment, Steph blurts out, Everybody died. Everybody's dead. But thanks for coming. Stuart's incredibly uncomfortable. Humbly, Stuart steps toward the audience. See, I wouldn't start... Thanks for being here. Not like that. Thanks for showing up. I'd work the room, you know? Uh, you look good. I'd take my time. You look really good. I'd toss back a couple. You look great. I'd say some hellos. Hello. And then, maybe then. Everybody died. Everybody's dead. Stuart buries his head in his hands. He's very uncomfortable with this. It's too bad there's no pictures. See, I'd be less out with it. I could show you pictures. I'd skate around the subject. That's too bad there's no video. I'd try some subtlety. I'd post a video. I'd start by talking about, say, you. I'd like to have something. Let's talk about you. I only got stories. Have stories. I only got them. And then, only then. But thanks for coming. That's when I'd start. Stuart quickly glances at Steph. She looks fine. She seems fine. So, about you. Stuart. What? Stuart. Yeah? Do. Close your eyes. Steph? Steph closes her eyes. Blackout. In the darkness we hear. 
Think of a pencil, a blue pencil, one of the pencil crayon kinds. Think of a mop, a gray string mop, all yellow from cleaning up mustard. Think of a Christmas tree stand. Not the tree skirt, just the green steel stand. Steph? Lights up as Steph opens her eyes. We met. We did. Him and me. It was a meeting, an actual meeting. There were tables organized. Chairs lined up. A topic for discussion. And teenagers. There were teenagers. Not many, maybe seven, but teenagers were there. Glencoe District. It's a high school? He runs the book club. I do. I run an after-school book club. I sat in. She just started. I wanted to sit in. She transferred? He let me sit in. I can do that. I'm the staff advisor. That's his title. It's more staff supervisor. To be an actual staff advisor, I'd have to dispense staff-worthy advice. And to dispense staff-worthy advice, I'd have to actually read the book. He's the librarian. Glencoe District High School's high school librarian. He never reads the book. I'm more of an order and file kind of guy. But it justifies your job. It does. Staff advisor for Glencoe District High School's book club. It justifies my job. I taught English. Like the language. And drama. I sometimes taught that. But you have to understand, this, this here, it's not a book thing. (laughs) It's not. It's not a let's share reading thing. It's really not. It's not a you sit there while I sit here and I'll talk to you in four hours kind of love. It's deeper. It was. It is. We just met at a book club. A high school book club. (laughs) A really dull book club. It helps if you read the book. He stared. Stuart looks across the stage to her. I just stared. And I stared. I stared back. A few months later. I'm thirsty. We dated a while. I... I'm getting thirsty. I took her around. She met my parents. She talked about terrorism and 90s TV shows. Oh, not terrorism in 90s TV shows. They talked about terrorism. Then they talked about 90s TV shows, the kind everybody used to watch. Stuart. I met her mother. Nice woman. Stuart. A little lonely with a little too much perfume, but she was okay. Get me water. Stuart ignores her. Begrudgingly, she picks up the story. It's all right. At school, we were big gossip. Oh, it's okay. An it couple. I'm not thirsty. I've never been part of an it couple. Not no more. Any. Not any more. We got whispered about in the hallway. I got smooching sounds in the class. I got love notes returned in books. They made sexual gestures behind my back. In the bathrooms, I found diagrams. You mean graffiti. I mean diagrams. Of you? Me? If they were just graffiti, I'd say they were graffiti. You never told me. It would have upset you. You you never told me. You would have got mad. You should have told me. It was a Mr. Puts His Thing in Miss kind of thing. I'm not mad. Some student with too much time. An art student. An art student with too little creativity and too much time. I hate art. More than reading. Needing attention, Steph gives a shiver. I'm cold. So we met. You getting cold? So we dated. I'm freezing. It's not cold. But I'm cold. So we met, so we dated. I had a little thing with my ex-boyfriend, but he knows. Stuart does. We've talked about it. She slipped and I ignored it. I slipped. And I ignored it, but after that, we were good. After that, we were great. Then he asked me. At Christmas. It's a special time, Christmas. It was sentimental, but not cutesy. She doesn't like cutesy. I don't like it. She's very hard. I fucking hate it. She's fucking kidding. I fucking am. No, I got pictures. (laughs) Have. Have pictures. Velvet pictures of unicorns, puppy dogs, big swooping rainbows at home. As a pigtailed girl, Disney characters were my role models. I wore my grandma's charm bracelet up till a few months ago. And, and on Thursdays at 8, I cry. I always cry at the end of Grey's Anatomy. Stuart steps forward, confident. They're on a roll now. So we met. Him and me. So I asked her. He proposed. And she said yes. I said okay. She said okay, and we got married. That summer. That August. 
We planned this carefully. Strategize this out. Not July. We needed time. We did. Sufficient time. And not June. We had school. We picked a month. We chose a day. We hired a minister. We booked his church. Invites got printed. Invites went out. A tux was rented. A dress got bought. A dress got mortgaged. It was off late and trailing. And food. A selection of salads. Potato salad. Caesar salad. And maybe, yes, maybe even coleslaw. We wanted ample vegetarian alternatives. And then we wanted meat. Lots of meat. We wanted beef. I roast beef to feed our guests. But who to cook the salads, the potatoes, the beef? The Ladies Auxiliary. The United Church Ladies Auxiliary. We save money. They were pretty cheap. Now, the hall. Right. The hall. You okay? I'm good. You all right? I'm still a little cold. Stuart looks back at the audience. Slowly, clearly, he begins this part of the story. Sheila Walker. She's a girl in town. Nice girl. I'd say she's pretty. She's what? 22? 23? Sheila Walker's father owns the IGA. Sheila Walker's husband, he's a dentist. Sheila Walker's goal in life is to have children, maybe two, maybe six, to rule the world and all the money in it. Sheila Walker thinks that big. She does. And because Sheila Walker thinks that big, Sheila Walker needs to be organized. And because Sheila Walker's organized, she booked the Glencoe Community Center 26 months in advance. I hate Sheila Walker. We hate Sheila Walker. And I'll really hate her children. Stewart sits up, gaining momentum. That left us with the Legion. The Glencoe branch of the Royal Canadian Legion. Or the gym. It never left us with the gym. We could have had it in the gym. You don't have gym weddings. You do. They're called proms. Steph's losing focus. You getting hungry? It was a small town. I'm getting hungry. It was a small church. I'm kind of peckish. We had a small wedding. It made big sense. And everybody came. Everybody showed. Parents, her grandparents, some brothers, sisters, and that's just family. Added a university buddy, some folks from the staff room, and the girl who cuts our hair, and soon you're serving 86. But we're not going to talk about that. Maybe a little. We shouldn't talk about that. Maybe a bit. I had nerves. <laughs> she had nerves. I threw up outside. And his college roommate. Don't. The best Don't man. Tell them that. Oh, you could do porn. It's not an insult. Amateur porn. It's not exactly an insult. I watched that porn. It's something to say. We won't talk about the wedding. All right. We won't talk about leaving, waving, saying goodbye. Okay. We won't talk about any of that. Steph. Because it's not about that. Steph. It's about what happened after and all that happened after. Steph. Yeah. Close your eyes. For a minute. Close them, okay? In the darkness, we hear Stuart's voice, soft and sympathetic. Think of a blue lampshade. Not a big lampshade. More like the kind you'd find on a table lamp. Think of a soap dispenser, the kind you find at a movie theater with the pink stuff showing through. Think of a TV remote, not a big complicated one, just the numbers with a button for on and off. Lights up. Again, Steph seems stronger, more controlled. And? We met. We did. We got married. We did. We had a honeymoon. A simple honeymoon. Nothing flashy. No need for extravagance. Focus on the romance. I said that. I did. She's a teacher. I'm a librarian. We can't afford Italy. We can't afford Hawaii. Las Vegas. The Virgin Islands. We can't, we can't even afford Niagara Falls. Well, we can. I'm talking spiritually. Steph steps forward to the audience, smiling at the memory of this. I said, buy me a shack. A little shack. Something like it's... Out of a horror movie or a spy movie or one of those movies with Sissy Spacek where everybody's really, really poor. Find me something secluded. Find me something private. Far away from any kind of internet signal or Wi-Fi. Find me someplace nobody would ever think to live in. And that is where you and I will celebrate the blessed union of our love. It sounded interesting. It sounded stupid. It sounded intriguing. It sounded dumb. But it sounded like something sounds when you get married, when you're planning a honeymoon, when you're in love. Steph sits down. We ditched our phones. With Dad, right before we left. We drove three hours. 
I stayed awake for two. You stayed awake 20 minutes. My eyes got tired with the driving. Your eyes got tired with the drinking. First night, we stayed at a motel. The Motel 6 in Pembroke. In the morning, we kept driving. I want to say something. Steph. No, I have to say something. I wanted to check. Steph. Call home. Log in. Check Facebook. I wanted to do that, but I didn't. And I don't feel bad. I didn't. I don't feel bad. I don't. I don't feel good. I didn't either. I don't feel anything, really. I, it's just something to mention. Steph nods, sitting back in her chair. So the shack. The shack. The shack wasn't a shack. The shack was shit. A farmer near Chalk River, he'd rented it to me. I met him in a coffee shop when he saw me eyeing the Kaj for rent signs. He said he used it for hunting in the winter. He said it was spacious but simple, and that it served him well for 40 years. That farmer? The farmer had four teeth and a wandering eye. And when I saw it, when I saw his simple but spacious shack, all I could think was, many, many dead things have been dragged back here. It's not what you want to be thinking on the day after our nuptials. Our what? Our nuptials. I want to be thinking about sex. Hot sex. You want to be thinking about that. Still, we didn't go. Not right away. You didn't want to. I didn't. I got determined. You got insistent. I got proactive. I thought, let's use our honeymoon to really get to know each other. We stayed two weeks at the Motel 6. The pool was busted. The air conditioning wasn't. We got to know each other. (laughs) We got to know each other, all right. The mood turns. Stuart and staff stiffen in their seats as... And then... Then... Then we headed home. Six hours. We headed home. Stuart hesitates. He looks at Steph. You thirsty? Cold? Hot? Have a headache? Steph shakes her head no. You tired? Achy? Itchy? Nervous? You... Good. Steph? I'm fine. Stuart nods. He turns back to the audience. To get back to my house. Our house. To get to what was my house, but now is our house, you have to turn off the country road and head down Main Street. Main Street being the Main Street through Glencoe. So we did that. We turned. We drove down Main Street. I told him we should stop at the Beckers. I heard and had no problem with that suggestion. So we did. We stopped at the Beckers. I bought some milk, some bread. And pop. I wanted pop and cigarettes. You bought some of those. I do that when I feel edgy. He often feels edgy. I often buy cigarettes. The first sign, the first indication things weren't swell. Mrs. Pazitka behind the counter didn't ask about the honeymoon. Not that she was required. It's not like it's her job. That's to run the Beckers. Still, it is a courtesy. And we'd answer if she did. We'd have told her about the shack and the motel with the busted swimming pool, and we'd all have a laugh, a great big ain't life funny laugh. But she didn't ask anything. Not even, is that gonna be all? She just smiled like the Beckers was vacuuming her empty and gave me my change, and she shorted me a nickel. I know, because I counted. The rest of Main Street. We're not just talking road. Sidewalks, stores, even lights and houses. No sign of anything. No sign of life. We turned down our street. What was my street, and now officially is ours. We pulled into the driveway. Our driveway to our home. He popped the trunk. Our trunk. I opened the car door and grabbed a few things. I followed along the driveway and up the porch steps. Our porch, our steps, there were cards. A porch of cards. There were flowers and pictures and flowers and cards. The door, you couldn't open it. It got stuck. It got stuck tight with cards. I tried to open it. But the cards. I pushed. They jammed. They got stuck. I pushed them back hard. She was vicious. I was aggressive. You spend a week at a Motel 6 in Pembroke, you're not going to get locked out by a bunch of cards. Stuart moves away from stuff pulling a cigarette out of his pocket. They each speak as though they're lost in their own version of the story. Out of the corner of my eye. Didn't see her. This eye, this right corner here. I was down the hallway. I see the shape walking with purpose. About halfway down the hallway. I see this figure walking with direction. Then I was out of the hallway and into the kitchen. Walking like it's walked this walk to our place a thousand times before, but it hadn't. It had never walked this walk to our place before. She'd never even been over. She had never even said, nice day. I think she was afraid of me. Afraid of like the single librarian living alone. Now that I'm married, that's what I thought. Now that I'm married, when she wants to say hello. My neighbor. Our neighbor. Trish. 
early 40s. Blonde hair. Kind of scary. In an anorexic with a Honda kind of way. Stuart lights a cigarette. He's getting edgy. Trish was divorced with a second husband and two children. Two male children. Two twin male children from her first marriage. Twin male children I was going to be teaching that year. Twin male children I was dreading teaching that year. Her actual name? Her actual name was Trish A. Trish is her call me name. As in, call me Trish. And we did. We called her Trish. So here she was, walking with purpose. I told you. I didn't see her. Here she came, walking with direction. I was in the kitchen. Here she was, walking like she'd walked the walk a thousand times before. The phone in the kitchen was blinking. She hadn't walked the walk a thousand times before. Which seems surprising, scary, even weird. But with Steph and me being absent... Nobody ever called the landline. With Steph and me being away. We had messages. They always call my cell. Stuart smokes a cigarette. He and Steph are now at opposite ends of the stage. We got the news separately. Trish sat me down. I hollered. I was on the phone. Trish asked if I wanted water, maybe pop, maybe beer. And she offered tea. His mailbox. Who drinks tea? Our mailbox was full. Trish started to cry. Every message was the same thing. Then she really started to cry. Over and over, the same thing. Her shoulders started shaking. I put the phone down. Her shoulders stopped shaking. I put the phone down. Trish stopped crying. Trish's whole venting of deeply felt emotion. Everything stopped as Trish waited for Steph. I put the phone down. Trish got tired of waiting for you. I put the phone down. Not bored, just tired. I put the phone down. Stuart stubs out his cigarette as he addresses the audience. Trish was good about it. She was like a pro. She, she stuck with the I'm sorry's while never moving into the I, don't, I know what you're going throughs. Since then, I've heard worse. Since then, I've heard death is but a shadow across the pathway of heaven. I've heard tomorrow is a mystery not answered today. And I've heard what the, cal- what the caterpillar thinks is an end, the butterfly knows is a beginning. But not Trish. She didn't say any of that. Just a whole lot of I'm sorry's and I'm so sorry's. Okay, and maybe one, um, I can't imagine how you feel. Both Stuart and Steph stare at, out at the audience, frozen with fear at the news. I did the requisite, no. Not possible. Can you say that again? And again? And again? Okay, thanks. No, I, I, I'm sorry. One more time? Stuart quickly moves to his chair. Steph grows emotional. After Trish left, I had that beer. I didn't want beer. I offered her a beer. I was in the mood for tea. I opened the fridge door and I pulled out the bottle. I filled the kettle and turned on the stove. I got the opener and popped the top. I watched the gas. I waited for the whistle. I opened the fridge door and got another beer. I lost interest in waiting. I turned off the stove. I watched TV. I watched the wall. I stayed downstairs. I went to bed. I followed her up. Closed my eyes. I leaned in close. Blackout. In the darkness, we hear Steph sobbing and Stuart quietly whispering. Think of a clothespin, but one of those wooden clothespins, not the cheap plastic kind. Think of a coffee cup, like a restaurant coffee cup with no design or anything just white. Think of a streetlight, but how it looks in the day with the bulb part out and... We met. We got married. There was a honeymoon. There was a motel. And then we came home. Stuart and Steph stand beside each other and turn out to the audience. Not everybody died. They didn't. Not right away. My sister lived the night. My uncle made it to the morning. The college roommate she was talking about? Porn boy. The one I said... Three days. Three long days. They didn't think he'd make it. He didn't make it. They didn't think he'd make it so long. And Tessa? My grandma. She had the best chance. She had no chance. She would have lived. She wasn't the living kind. Twelve days it took to bury everybody. Eighty-six funerals. Eighty-six caskets. Eighty-six holes in the ground. And eighty-six prayers for the dead. And us? And we? <laughs> we must have been in Chalk River when the story hit. Then back at the Motel 6 after that. We didn't know. We didn't listen to the radio. 
I made us some videotapes. I, I, on TV, we watched sitcoms. We never went near a paper. Reading was never on my mind. He's more of an order and file kind of guy. That goodbye thing people do? That closure part people need? <laughs> we never got to do it. We never got the chance. They tried to find us, sent texts, emails, wrote Facebook posts asking, have you seen these two? And proclaiming, this is why you should never try to disconnect from society. But everybody thought we were in a hunter's shack in the woods. So when we got back... When we drove back to town... All the funerals had been serviced. All the caskets had been closed. And when we turned down Main Street... When we suggested we stop at Becker's... Everybody in town. They were at the cemetery. Everybody at the cemetery. Except Mrs. Pazika. She was working. <laughs> Mrs. Pazika got left behind. And Trish. 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 Trish was waiting. Irritated, Stuart moves to the back of the stage. Stuart. For the first time, Stuart notices. The tape. What? Only half the banners taped up. What are you doing? What about the other half? Talk about the shack again. Why didn't you finish the job? Well, that part, that part was good. Why'd you do that? I, I, I must have stopped. Why'd you stop? I, I must have, I just did. Stuart collapses into his chair. Seeing this, Steph places her hands on his shoulder. We met. We got married. There was a honeymoon. There was a motel. And then we came home. And? And? Stuart sits up, back in the groove of the story. And then we left again, and spending the last of our summer vacation writing thank you cards, posting pictures, and telling stories. Hilarious stories. Hilarious yet romantic stories over things like chips and wine spritzers. We visited cemeteries, wandered through graveyards. We called up relatives of late relatives, friends of late friends, people who'd known people who'd been at our wedding. We visited towns. We toured cities. We held hands and said, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Okay, and maybe one, I can't imagine how you feel. And all those people who knew people who'd been at our wedding. Those people who knew people, they wanted to be our friends. But the veil of blame. The veil of blame. It's understandable. It's not hard to grasp. And our mountain of responsibility, our Everest of guilt, it's understandable. But so, so hard to grasp. And when we finally came back home, when we finally came back. Trish? Not Trish, uh, just call me Trish. She and some ladies had been at it. Those were the words, at it. And what Trish had been at was in her freezer. Trish's deep freezer. For Trish was a woman who needed her freezer to be very, very deep. She had lasagna and pie. Shepherd's pie. She had chili and meatloaf and squares. Coke. Chocolate squares with bits of coconut. Who eats coconut? And that's when I realized. That's when you knew. That's when I, I pulled you inside. I sat you down. I sat down across from you and you, you sort of like this. Sort of like now. And that's when I said, everybody died. And who we're left with? The only people we know? Fresh. Mrs. Pazika. Sheila Walker. Sheila Walker's dentist husband and our high school principal. <laughs> Which is funny, because... Which is hilarious, because that's when he called. He, he talked serious. He spoke using a solemn tone. He was offering us more time. But time for what? To adjust. To mourn? To remember. Why would I? Why would we? Why would we need that? What were the trips to the cemeteries for? The planting of flowers, the driving for hours to visit people who did nothing but cry. Was he implying that I... That we? We hadn't somehow done all that? That we were cowards? That we were lazy? Or was he assuming that we were somehow unable to cope with tragedy? We don't need time, I told him. We. We told him. We don't need time. I need the children. I need the book club. I need Trisha's twin male sons. I need a paycheck. Two paychecks. We need a future. We need a warning bell at a quarter to nine and another 15 minutes later. We need periods and semesters and statutory holidays and maybe, okay, probably the occasional fire drill. We need lunch duty and assembly duty and an eagerness to catch smokers in the bathrooms. And we need comfort, that kind of comfort that teaching or at least librarying for Glencoe District High School can bring. We said we'd be there. We said we appreciate your concerns. We said we'll see you. 
And that morning, that early September morning, we realized our time at Glencoe High was forever changed. Steph steps forwards, almost ashamed to admit. It was better. It was amazing. No sexual gestures in assemblies. No diagrams in stalls. No giggles from the back of the class. And nobody, not anybody asked me for books. Somehow they all looked everything up themselves. They read the readings. They wrote the writings. They let me pick the monthly book selection. I picked Carrie because I'd seen the movie. And dances. School dances we never had to supervise. I hate to supervise. All that standing at the wall. Even so. Even that, it wasn't all good, different. My language, my words, they started to go. Her tenses get mixed up. My verb choice is bad. She's an English teacher. It's just bad, so he corrects me. I correct her. It gets annoying. But I correct her. It gets annoying. But I correct her. At the school, the new teachers... The new ones who replaced the ones who died? They were freaked out. All the other teachers seemed cautious. The kids, they were edgy. Nervous. Try paranoid. They wanted to talk to us, but they weren't sure how. We got asked our opinions on things like sports teams. They'd ask, did you watch the game? They'd ask me, how do you think it's going to turn out? And food. The cafeteria food. They'd ask us, what's good today? What should I eat? And the weather. Always the weather. It's misty for a Monday. How soon do you think it's going to snow? But never the summer. How was your summer? We never got asked that. We never did. Because I'd tell them. I'd answer. Steph? You want to know what my June, my July, my August was like? Steph? What? You're... Yeah. Close them for a minute. Okay. Blackout. In the darkness we hear. Think of a towel. A white towel hanging on the back of a door to dry. Think of a radiator painted brown. Light brown because it matches the room. Think of an encyclopedia, but a really slim one. Like it's about everything that starts with Z. Think of that on a bookshelf. Think of that collecting dust. And... Lights up. Steps immediately back into the story. We met. We got married. There was a honeymoon. There was a motel. We came home. And then we had holidays. You okay? I'm good. Stuart nods, surprised at her strength. Back to the audience. We've decided something. More like realized, but anyway. And I don't know why we're whining. We're not whining. I don't know why we're complaining. We're not complaining. I don't know why we're emphatic. We're emphatic. We're that. As a country, a people, we have too many holidays. Too many special days. Too many days of celebration a year. And it's not a lot too many. As a teacher, I normally wouldn't complain. Thanksgiving, we avoid it. Not entirely. Not completely. We went to dinner. Yes, with Chalet in a movie. We saw a movie. A Jennifer Lopez movie. She got married. It made me cry. Next holiday, we vowed would be different. Everything was going to change, but... Halloween? Nobody knocked. Nobody wanted our candy. We're teachers. We're a child's trusted destination. We'd bought chocolate bars. The little kind. And cans of pop. They weren't apples. We weren't giving out apples. For years, I would ignore the door. I'd leave my lights out. I'd hide in the basement. I'd leave my lights out. And here we were. Married. A couple. Anticipating the arrival of overweight, greedy children. Hoping to say, hey, honey, look at this. He's an astronaut. Oh, she's a fairy princess. Ballerinas all around. But nothing. Nobody. And not just that. Our windows, they didn't even get soaked. Our pumpkin didn't get smashed. It, it was like they didn't want to offend us with their demonic visages. Not that there were any demonic... De demonic what? I may be an English teacher, but I also know some French. I wanted vampires, space monsters, serial killers. I wanted prostitutes, porn stars, stabbing victims. I watched. I waited. But walking by was only kids dressed like superheroes and homeless people. Bums. Bums take no effort. I wanted effort. I want somebody to really try. Remembrance Day? <sighs> Nobody remembered. And as there was no legion... Nobody drank. Even at the school, the principal... He wanted to work it into his Remembrance Day all call, but he didn't know how. So there was a moment of silence. One minute. Sixty seconds of silence. In which I started to talk. I, I asked who watched the game last night. I said, for lunch, there's sesame chicken. I said... It's cold. It's, it's really cold. It was November. It was supposed to be cold. 
it was cold, so everything was okay. Everything was right. Everything was fine. Both Stuart and Steph braced themselves for the next section. But Christmas... It was my turn. It was for a realization. My turn. My realization. It was more of a continuation, wouldn't you say? A what? It was more an add-on to that realization of mine. Everybody died. You'd say that, right? Everybody's dead. You'd say it's an add-on. Our family, our friends, not only friends, acquaintances had missed Thanksgiving, Halloween, Remembrance Day, and now Christmas. And okay, maybe Remembrance Day isn't a gather your family around the fire kind of day, but it had been missed and it would be missed and it'd be missed next year, next year, and the next year after that. Steph? We're alone. Him and me, me and him, him and- Steph. No. Your eyes. I said no. Steph jumps up, determined in her speech. We need friends, new friends, other people, any people. Which is funny, cause. <laughs> Which is hilarious, cause. That's about when Trish knocked. She said, Merry Christmas. She asked, did you get our card? Then she asked if we had eaten her lasagna, her chili, her meatloaf, and her chocolate squares with the bits of coconut. I like coconut. She needed her glass bottom pans back. But not if we were using them. If it were, she could improvise. She was having a party. Oh, she planned to be entertaining. That's it. Entertaining. That's, that's what she was going to be. Oh, I said. A party, I said. What kind of party, I asked. And who are you inviting? Stuart and Steph enjoyed this part. There was a pause. Her mouth had sort of hung. Her mouth, it kind of fell. And then her mouth, her mouth started moving. New Year's, she said. You know, December 31st? And did you... You being staff, you being me. Would you like to come? Stuart and Steph strut back to their chairs, enjoying their new power. Trish had a nice house. A century house. We talked about the process of restoration. The process of restoration. Trish talked. Trish lectured. And we, we feigned interest. Her sons, her twin sons got stuck serving drinks. At school, I'm their teacher. She's their teacher. I'm their librarian. It's not the same. It's a position of authority. It's not the same when you're drinking in front of students. You shouldn't drink in front of students. I got nervous. You threw up outside. You got nervous. But I didn't throw up outside. It was the guests. Trisha's guests. Trisha's eclectic menagerie. There was people we didn't know. Were. Were people we'd seen, but didn't know. And there we were. There we sat. Talking. Stuart and Steph feigned listening to conversation. We talked about sports teams. Mr. Trish was very big on football. We talked about the food. There was a spinach dip, a Mexican dip, and a cheese fondue. We talked about the weather. How it was cold, really cold, but surprisingly not much snow. And? There's an and. Stuart and Steph can't believe how much people can talk. We talked about movies. Serious movies. Not the kind with J-Lo. And then at midnight, we counted. Ten. We played a game. Nine. Pick a memory. Eight. The best memory of the year. Seven. Now make a wish. Six. Some kind of wish for the future. Five. But don't say your wish for the future. Four. Never say your wish for the future. Three. It won't come true. Two. I wished for a future. One. Some kind, any kind of future. Happy New Year. And I didn't say, I, I, I wanted to say, I was tempted, but instead I said, does anybody need anything? I mean anything. I'm talking lamps. I'm talking fishing rods. I'm talking patio furniture, coffee makers, lawnmowers, and beds. I'm talking picture frames, shower curtains, and floor-to-ceiling bookcases. I'm talking towel holders, toolkits, and hair-shaping accessories. You don't have to say now. This night about be the time, but let me know. Give me a call, because Steph and I, we've inherited 14 houses. 15. 14. At that point, the 15 had yet to be clear. 14. 14 homes. Each one full of stuff we hadn't even gone through yet. Not that we didn't want to. We just, we didn't want to. And Trish? The ever positive, always thinking Trish. Trish, short for Trisha. But don't call her that. Don't ever call her that. She said. Sell it. 
like that. She talked about spiritual beginnings. Symbolic rebirths. She talked a lot. She even offered to help. Yeah. She said to have a yard sale, but not a yard sale because all your stuff, there's not really a yard that'll fit it. Call up the principal, take them out, buy them a few drinks, and then buy them some more. Ask to use the football field for one weekend, one day, have a football field sale, and sell it off. Sell everything. Just sell it. Just like that. She even offered to help. She did. She wanted to help. And Stuart and me. Stuart and I. Stuart and I. We did what Trish suggested. We talked to the principal. I talked to the principal. Stuart chuckles at this. He sheepishly explains to the audience. The principal, he doesn't like me. He likes you. He just thinks you're useless. He doesn't like me. He thinks having the librarian is useless. Dead weight on the payroll. See, he likes you fine. He said yes to our proposal. He didn't say yes. He said, we'll see. He, he had some worries. Holes in the field. Traffic on the lawn. What we do with what we wouldn't sell. I said we'd take care of it. I'm not useless. I said we had help. I told him we had Trish, the principal. He knew Trish. The principal, he knew everything would be fine. Stuart glances over at Steph. She's strong, confident, not emotional in the least. Steph? What? You okay? Yeah. You good? We're there. Almost. We're almost there. They exchange a small, sympathetic smile before forging ahead. We started two weeks after New Year's. We thought, why wait? Why take our time? Why waste the help when we need it? And suddenly... Instantly. Surprisingly, time wasn't measured in holidays. Valentine's Day? He didn't send roses. I saved the 60 bucks. Or chocolate. I saved 20 bucks. I didn't even get her a card. An e-card's good enough. For dinner, we had cereal and ice cream. Instead of sex, we went to bed. For March break, we'd planned on Florida. Orlando, Florida. Trish suggested Disneyland. We bought tickets, but we didn't go. I'd never been. It's Florida. Instead of holidays, our weeks got split into houses, rooms, basements, attics, doors that hadn't been opened in months. And Trish. Always Trish. We sat Trish down. Stuart, he taught Trish some tricks. I said, close your eyes, Trish. Trish didn't get this. Not at first. Trish was worried it was all a little sexual. It wasn't sexual. Nothing sexual. Not with Trish. I said, close your eyes and think of the door in front of you. The handle all cold and steel. Think of the carpet you're standing on and the shade of green it used to be. Think of the textured wallpaper. But don't think, never think, God, that's ugly. Or what was grandpa thinking? But above all, above everything, never think, I remember that from when I was four. Stuart's stuck in his moment. The next few months, we packed stuff. We priced stuff. Some stuff we even kept. I kept shoes, leather shoes. I kept the kind of shoes that you'd only wear on Sunday. Not just men's shoes. I kept women's shoes too. I'll never wear the women's shoes. I'll probably never wear the men's shoes either, but I wanted to be consistent. I wanted to be fair. I kept shoes. I kept crap. She kept crap. I kept useless crap. Gadgets, keepsakes, souvenirs, crap. And that might seem pointless. That might seem kind of weird. But things like mini statues of the Tower of London and party hats saved from the millennium meant something to somebody not too long ago. It's in our basement. Next to my shoes. A great big box of crap. One night, Trish. This was probably two, three months into the year. One night, Trish invited a friend over. Not friend. She didn't say that. She invited a guest over to talk to us. She invited the mayor over for tea and some veterans. She invited them too. They wanted to talk about the Legion, or at least what used to be the Legion. They wanted to talk about the Legion that used to be there. Now, we'd inherited some money. A little money. Okay, a, a lot of money. We didn't know how much. We never counted. Not that we didn't want to. We just, we didn't want to. But the mayor. Lengo's mayor. It wasn't your fault what happened. He wanted to say that. He wanted us to know. And then he wanted to ask for a donation to offset the cost of the rebuild. Oh, Trish was mortified by the situation. Trish was well-intentioned. She only wanted to help. We'd said we'll have to wait and see. The yard sale. But not a yard sale. The football field sale. We're waiting to see what we sell on the day. And the day? 
Stuart and Steph exchange a quick glance. The day was perfect. No rain. No, nothing. Trish offered to drive us in her Honda. She was waiting. She was parked outside. Not Mr. Trish. He camped all night at the school. With the boys. The two twin boys. They were security. Trish wanted security. She didn't want anything stolen, missing, or standing up and walking away. See, Trish was well-intentioned. She only wanted to help. And that morning, Main Street. We're not just talking road. Sidewalks, stores, even lights and houses. No sign of anything. No sign of life. But the street coming up to the high school? Both sides. Both ways. Full. Packed. And we'd said no early birds. We'd said nothing before nine. But people? All the people. And the cars, but not really cars. More like station wagons, pickup trucks, cube vans rented special for the occasion. Rich thought we shouldn't be there. She thought we should be elsewhere. Taking a movie. No, not movie. Taking a film. Get dressed up. Go for dinner. She wanted us out of there. Trish was well-intentioned. She wanted us out of there. She only wanted to help. She wanted us out of there. And that's when I noticed. That's when I, we saw. A little pile. More like a stack. As Stuart recalls the sight, affected by the memory. My grandmother's couch and some paintings by my Aunt Joan, a lazy boy from one of Steph's cousins and a garden hose that was my Grandpa Roy's, a flower vase that used to be my mother's, a tie rack that was my dad's. There were some clothes that used to be my sister's and other things, other things I couldn't recognize or tried not to place. There was other things, other things in the pile. Asked Mr. Trish politely. You did. You were very nice. I asked Mr. Trish what the hell that stuff, what it was doing there. But in a nice way. She was. She was. She was very nice. Mr. Trish said it was a few things. A few things his wife had stashed away. And Steph. And sorry. Steph, no, y'all get. And Steph. And I. And you, Steph. And I. Stuart grows more and more emotional through this. I, I saw her. I watched Steph as she walked across the track and through the soccer posts, heading for Trish. I didn't stop her. I could have. I could have said, close your eyes and think of cheesecloth. But I didn't. I didn't say anything. But Steph... Steph said months of things. Steph said holidays and rooms and breakfasts and TV shows and trashy novels of things. She said... Overcome, Stuart buries his head in his hands. She... Stuart can't continue. Quietly, Steph moves forward and touches his back gently, reassuringly as she says... Eleven months ago, we left our wedding... We got changed in the basement of the Glencoe branch of the Royal Canadian Legion. We climbed into our car and left. And our family, our friends, our acquaintances we were considerate enough to invite stayed behind. And somewhere between the songs, between the pictures, between the beers being handed over the bar, the gas that had been leaking oh so slowly in the kitchen blue. The air became orange with fire and the emergency lights over the doorways that were supposed to go on never went. Sons tried to rescue mothers. Grandparents tried to rescue each other and wives tried to rescue their men. And in the midst of all that rescuing, in the midst of all the clawing for hope, Nobody made it out of our wedding alive. Now, somewhat recovered, Stuart looks out at the audience. Trish was hearing her. Trish was listening to what she was saying. But what was Trish, what Trish was seeing, what everybody on that football field was seeing was death. Was Steph, was me, covered in death. And that's when I realized... That's when I knew that death is what we are now. And that's what Steph is and me. That's me. Steph looks across the stage to Stuart. He looks back. Looking back at Stuart? Looking out at Steph, I knew. We knew. 
I will be with you forever. Stuart and Steph hold this moment. Then? We quit the school a few days later. We packed our things and moved away. And now? Right now? Stuart looks out at the audience, summoning all the charm he has. We need new friends. We need new people. New acquaintances. New chums. And this story, all of this story. It's just a story. Think of it that way. Remember it that way. You could say, please. It was something to say. There's a quick glance between Stuart and Steph as they back away from the stage. We're going to leave now. We have to leave. We only booked this place for an hour. Have a drink. Have four. Talk a while. Maybe about you. Not tonight. There isn't time. This is the part you congratulate us. This is the part you wave. This is when you wish us happy anniversary. And this is the part where we go. Stuart moves off first, but Steph lingers behind. She looks at the audience, concerned. Oh, don't worry. It wouldn't happen. Not again. We're gonna go. It's all right. Steph, we have to go. We'll see you soon. Just close your eyes. Think about something. Close your eyes. Think about anything. Close your eyes. Now. Blackout. End of play. <laughs>